And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better. First into the narrative of the book of Acts, we travel to understand the things the Lord does require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. It makes no sense to have people in authority who are disturbed by the authority of Jesus. Let me explain. Unless, as leaders, they are godless, demonic, worldly, and agents of Satan, they should have no problem understanding that Jesus is an authority. How do we know if they're agents of Satan? How do we know if the people that lead are agents of the enemy? The enemy is the father of lies. So anybody who lies is a child of the father of lies. Suppose leadership in any capacity lies to manipulate people's behaviors. In that case, they are demonically influenced regardless of fake, real science, or political affiliations. Oh, that's brutal. Next, it disturbs people to preach about Jesus. Why? Why does it bother people? The answer is easier than one might think. They hate to hear about Jesus because Jesus tells the truth. In a Christ-centered gospel, there is an individual and corporate responsibility. It's easier just to add the word God to any conversation. But when we bring Jesus in, well, there's no room for wiggling out of the circumstance. Like, yep, that's how it goes. And finally, suffering may happen for those of us who desire to remain faithful. The mark of the beast has to do with permissions to buy or sell. It's a good thing that this isn't anywhere close to us. Unless you want to travel or go to school or see a doctor, take out a loan or finance a purchase or eat out. Nope. No worries for us. Nobody's going to persecute the good old American Christian. Are they or are they? David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, prevailing, and then walking upright. That would be kind of nice for me at this particular time. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, 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 hey. We're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us at 972-445-0770. When you call 972-445-0770, Captain Chris will answer the phone. And you will be sailing in the right direction. Isn't that nice? That is nice. Here's the bottom line. 
You might have an opinion, a thought, a comment, an idea. You might have a praise report. You might have a prayer request, or maybe you have possibly an answer to Bible trivia. What kind of Bible trivia, Dave? Glad you asked, Dave. Who spotted Moses in the Nile placed in the Ark of the Bulrushes? Who was it that spotted Mo in the water? Who spotted Mo in the water? You like that? That's a good way to do it, right? Do we have, what do we have on our, don't we have a sound for our trivia? What's our sound for trivia? What is that? Bible trivia. There it is. Who spotted Mo in the water? <laughs> Before surfing. <laughs> Just going to say. And please know if nobody say, oh, he was, he was, he was, you know, he was skiing. It's like, no, no. Uh, tell me who it was. If you think you know the answer, great, fantastic. Keep in mind, in our show, uh, any topics open for conversation because it's not professional radio. It's barely radio. It's barely. It's barely, barely radio. It is a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. So buckle up, little campers. There you go. If you think you know the answer, by the way, who, 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 and that's who, 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 who spotted Mo, 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 Mo when he was uh, water skiing in the Lyle. So now I got that picture in my mind. Is that terrible? I have this picture in my mind. Somebody's driving one of those boats, and he's like, okay. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210, or you can, or 214-210-8483. I probably should tell you all of it. Or you can send an email, david at org. That's david at he must increase.org. Don't forget about our website. That's the place to give, and we can use some of that. Please go to he must increase.org. Website he must increase.org. He must increase.org. Email david at he must increase.org. Facebook he must increase ministry. YouTube he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokey. All right, we ready? Do we have our uh, Expository Thursday play right there? You probably have that. It's a really goofy short one. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! We spare no expense. We spend no expense, and we spare no expense. We have no expense. It doesn't. Does it matter? Just really Just blew our whole budget on that one. Right there. The whole thing. Well, 12 cents right to that. Incredible. Uh, let's pick it up. We are in Acts chapter 4. So we've made it through three chapters, which I think is that's pretty good. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 1. You guys are thinking, oh, all the stuff that's going on in society, all the stuff that's going on in politics, that's what Dave's going to be talking about. It's like, no. I'm going to be talking about Acts chapter 4. 2,000-plus years old kind of stuff, right? Now, as they spoke to the people, this is referring to, to Peter and to John. And remember, the guy who was sitting there lame from his birth was just kind of sitting around the temple. And he's like, do, 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 do. And Peter and John are look, look this way. The guy thought he was going to get money. Uh, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise and walk. The guy is up. He never walked before. Now he's bouncing. He's jumping up and down. There's a commotion. Everybody's excited. Chapter 4, verse 1. And now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Here is a warning, not just for this country, for every country and any country, everywhere and anywhere in all of society. When leadership is afraid of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of Jesus Christ, there is a huge problem with leadership. 
when leadership does not understand that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and they freak out because you're not responding to them as the ultimate authority, you got demonic leadership taking place all over the place. And you're thinking, well, is that true here? It's not just true here. It's true everywhere. When people in government and authority who have authority in that kind of capacity are upset because of the authority that exists in Jesus Christ and that Jesus' followers want to honor Jesus, you got something going on. Do you think, well, I know, but does that happen in America? Every day. <laughs> so in case you're wondering, yes. Does it happen in other countries? Yes. It happens all the time that people who want authority, need authority, desire authority, need to possess authority are jealous. Jealous of Jesus because his followers are loyal and faithful and his kingdom is spiritual. And they want that kind of loyalty. They demand that kind of loyalty out of people in the flesh. And it's just like, nope, doesn't work that way. So the reaction from the, the people of the temple, just so you can know, the priests would have been the priests who were uh, serving in the temple that at that particular time. The captain of the temple was what we would call second in charge. Uh, you had the high priest, and then you had the captain of the temple. So he's like number two man, maybe like Spock on Star Trek uh, as the first officer kind of thing. There's the number two guy, and they're freaking out, and everybody's freaking out. The Sadducees are there. Remember, the Sadducees are a religious sect that, that basically came about. There's two main sects, primarily two main sects, Sadducees and uh, Pharisees. No, I didn't mean sex. I meant sex. But there is two sex, but there's also two se- male and female. That's not the point. The point is the Sadducees, they were very associated to the wealthy. They were they only believed in in uh, the Torah. They only believed in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They didn't believe in angels or spirits, which really flies in the face of the Torah since there's uh, visitations there. They did never believed in a personal Messiah, and they never believed in a resurrection. So these are a powerful political group that has nothing to do with knowing God. There they are in existence. And these three, this grouping, the priests who were coming off, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, came upon them. They were furious that people were teaching about Jesus because... That would diminish their authority. Now, I just want you to think in your lifetime, if you're more than 20 years old, maybe you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, what government gets furious over somebody who's trying to follow Jesus Christ? And just consider what that origin is. It's like, wow. And there are people that will make fun, do this and this. But these guys were very, very upset because right in their hometown, in the middle of the temple, in the plain view of everybody, God was saying, watch this, <laughs> and changing lives. And the worldly, and the world didn't like it. But the best news is God doesn't care. His love prevails, and so does his kingdom. All right, take a break and come back and look at this more deeply. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget, by the way, that person who saw Mo, Pharaoh's 
daughter. That's who. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what politics say, regardless of what uh, different people say, Jesus does one thing better than anybody else. He brings hope. It's like, wait, this could be different. And in verse 29, she touches Jesus, and immediately her bleeding stops, right? She, the Bible says, look at it, immediately her bleeding stopped. She felt it in her body. She was freed from her suffering. You know, people will say, well, I mean, how do you know if you're healed? I got a message for you. When the Lord, when you touch the Lord and power comes from the Lord into your life, you know. She knew. Not only did she knew, Jesus knew. And Jesus was like, okay, who touched me? Who touched me? Power went out for me. Right? And then the disciples are, Okay. Look, there's like a thousand people right next to you. How are we supposed to? Now, why did Jesus do all that? Watch this. This is just one of those absolute mind blowers. The first thing that happens to her is her issue of blood ceases to exist because she touches Jesus. We would call that a physical healing. She was physically healed. She had an issue of blood, and that's a problem, and she couldn't do anything to help it. But when she was able to touch Jesus, bam, the physical healing happened. But then Jesus does this such weird thing because he's so cool that it just fits the whole thing. He says, who touched me? And they're all like going, okay, well, you know, take a look around, dude. There's a lot of people here. And he's like, who touched me? And then the woman said... It was me, right? Jesus not only physically healed her, watch this, he socially healed her because a woman who had an issue of blood was not allowed to have the same level of public contact as everybody else. So he heals her physically and then calls her up in front of everybody and goes, yeah, you're well now, huh? It's just, just think about the moment. And instead of saying anything negative, because God's not like that, he's like, oh, your faith has healed you. Okay, your faith and confidence in you touching me made the difference. You're physically healed. And let everybody who's around you know you are no longer to be untouched because you touched me. Now you're socially healed. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay, so I barely squeezed in that trivia answer. <laughs> it was Pharaoh's daughter. I did the best I could. <laughs> she saw Mo when he was water skiing. Okay. A mastercraft. That's the kind of boat I was trying to think of. It's a master. Okay. Uh, here's your next trivia question. What did Jesus say the sellers had turned his house of prayer into? What did Jesus say that the sellers 
had turned his house of prayer into? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. Kirk being the first one to nail that down. 214-210-8483 is the text. Also, david at hemustincrease.org is the email. And just because I'm in that kind of mood, I do have, as soon as I can find the piece of paper that I put it on, a really bad joke. We do have somebody calling in, so they may be saving the world at this particular point. It's a good idea, by the way, because <laughs> this is this is really just not that good a joke. It's not very Christian, but it is funny. Uh, are we ready for this person? Yeah? Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's your friend, Samson. How are you? Hey, Samson. How are you, brother? Very good. I've been praying for you, man, and your family. We we appreciate it. This is a this is a needy time. Get it? Needy. Anyway, it's a needy time for me just because of the knee situation. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, you ready for the answer on this? You ready to go on this one? I think so. I mean, I catch at the very last minute, but I think so. I know. Okay. So, what did Jesus say? The sellers had turned the house of prayer into. Uh, the House of Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> I want to point out that was a caller. Anyway, <laughs> okay, yeah. No, the uh, House of the, the Den, uh, like Robert's Den kind That's of thing. That's right, the Den of Thieves. That's it. Yes. That's it, exactly. So they turned, So they went, and instead of just doing anything to honor God, they were just using it as another profit center. That's what happens when people put money and different things like that ahead of God. It dilutes any kind of purity, and then what's left over is got, is just a mess, and then it kind of gets worse from there. So it's just like, you guys yeah. turn this into a den of thieves? What are you thinking? And it's like, wow. Yeah. Hey, I also want to publicly apologize. A few weeks ago when I was sharing some jokes, so I made, uh, I think, uh, regarding uh, Joshua, that the son of Nun. So I said, oh, he was born out of wedlock. So I just want to apologize. <laughs> don't, don't apologize for that. Other than it was only mildly funny. No, it's just funny. a personal conviction. I want to honor <laughs> okay. That's uh, fine. God's heroes, you know. You, you are, you are if, if we had the ability to absolve you, you would be absolved. Okay? Oh, I'm just saying. Thank you. Hey, I also have a prayer request. Fire away. Uh, uh, like it last week, my wife uh, had a COVID, so just pray that God will just restore her health. And okay. right now, she's just going through some difficult time because of the isolation. So just pray for her and for us. Let's pray for her right now. Let's do it right this second. Yes. Father, yes. we come before you right now. We lift up Sam's wife to you. And the one of the big problems, Lord, in COVID is not even what we do or don't know, but it's it's that treatment of being alone. It's that process of not having anybody close to you and feeling like you're, you're battling most of it uh, independently just as a person. And so we're asking that you would bring her comfort. You are the God of comfort. And that's exactly what she needs is comfort at this time. A revelation that it's you, a revelation that you're there with her, and a revelation of your power and your comfort to, to just bring the peace that passes all understanding into her heart, into her mind, and that her and Samson and the family 
not be afraid, but confident in the grace and the goodness of God, and let them trust you fully, and show them your power and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen yeah, brother. Especially the anxiety thing is just uh, kind of killer. Yeah. <laughs> I will absolutely pray. I want you to text me on this, though, and keep me posted on your wife. Will you do that? Yeah, definitely. I will. All right. Thank you, David. Thank you. God bless you. Okay. God bless. Bye-bye. All right. Okay. So you got to be praying. That's why you got to pray for people. You don't know. I mean, I'm praying for them all the time, but I didn't know she had COVID. I just had my good friend Rob sent me a text yesterday. His son has COVID, which is like, Vinny was an old friend of of Joshua. So got to be praying for that. All right. We're going to do our humor bit, and then we'll go into the text. Yeah? Or you, or you want to wait on that? What do you think? Let's hear your joke. Okay. <laughs> you, can sound, you can see Captain Chris is getting more and more comfortable. All right, let's hear the joke, Dave. Okay, fine. Uh, this is actually in honor of my mom, but none of you will really understand that. The Lone Ranger and Tano went up camping in the desert. After they got their tents all set up, both men fen- fell sound asleep. Some hours later, Tonto waked Lone Rip, woke Lone Ranger up and said, Kimosabi. Look towards the sky. What do you see? The Lone Ranger replied, I see millions of stars. What does that tell you? Asked Tano. The Lone Ranger pondered for a minute. He said, astronomically speaking, it tells me there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically speaking, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Time-wise, it appears to be approximately a quarter past three in the morning. Theologically speaking, the Lord is all-powerful, and we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically speaking, it seems that we have a beautiful day heading for tomorrow. What does it tell you, Tano? It tells me that someone stole our tent. <laughs> ah, waka waka! <laughs> Come on, that's freak. That's not bad, right? Okay. There you go. Someone stole our tent. See, that's. <laughs> Let's go back to that. Uh, And as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Uh Uh-oh. There's them Jesus freaks again. Uh Uh-oh. What are you going to do? This is the one thing that people are, I almost think that people are afraid to mention this, but it's one thing for people to have a discussion and talk about God. Oh, well, God is this and God is this. But then as soon as you bring Jesus in, there's this shift. And the reason that there's a shift is because Jesus and his teachings didn't leave a lot of room for other faiths. So that's contrary to everything that's in Scripture, no matter what your church background is, no matter what your educational background is. When they say, well, Jesus supported all faiths, no, he didn't. He specifically did not do that, just so you can know. And in fact, the faith that he came out of, so to speak, did so wrong by by the Lord, he rebuked them the most. So no, not even close, not even in the ballpark. And when people hear about Jesus, the problem that happens is that there comes this automatic accountability. People have to say yes or no to Jesus. And you want to know what's amazing? You can have a conversation about God and have somebody go, oh, I think he's like this gaseous thing in the sky that floats around. Another person goes, I think it's all the winds and the waves and the trees and how that bangs. And as soon as you say, Jesus, either a turn or burn, 
take a choice. <laughs> it's like there's no room. That's right. Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way. He's the way. And people don't like that. So what they what they end up doing, and think about Peter and John, very powerful apostles, very powerful in the influence of the culture. They're talking about Jesus. And watch this. And they're talking about the resurrection of the dead right in the heart of the Sadducees, where the Sadducees are hanging out, who don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. What's most amazing is that the one place that you would think that would not be preached, that's where God had them preaching. Like, wait, wait, what? Then they got very upset. It says, being greatly disturbed. You know, that's, that's Bible speak for men. Were they angry? Right? They were very disturbed, and they wanted to stop Peter and John. They wanted to stop the guy that got healed. They wanted to break up the mob. And they came upon they The Bible says that they've been the king. They burst upon them. And they were so mad. And I'll tell you why the primary reason that people get mad, and just probably go over like a lead balloon, but I can't do anything about it. That's because for people that are perishing and that are going to go to hell, the gospel is foolishness. Oh, I, I know. I get, we got family members too, just like everybody else. I was like, well, that's just foolishness. Boo, don't say that. If you don't understand, that's one thing. If you need to pursue, that's another. But don't call the gospel foolishness because it's foolishness to those who are perishing. And that's not good. And Jesus draws—one thing about Jesus, you can, he draws the line. It's like, yeah, you're either with me or you're not coming. <laughs> that's it. And there's no other space to be. And so they were very upset because these guys were too. And that's something that you need to be aware of in your own faith. Do you believe in Jesus? Well, I believe in God. You know, he's kind of like this feeling that I get with like, well, that's fantastic, but that's not God. Well, I believe in God because of all the things that I see. And that's not God. Jesus is God's proclamation of who he is, period. And you cannot reject Jesus Christ and find yourself in favor with God the Father. Cannot be done. Sorry. And the bottom line to all of this is you can never, you can never, ever be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Again, and for the 15 trillionth time, nobody else has a heaven to put you in. But Jesus, building your mansion even as we speak. Mm. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at 1,000 miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable. But then the show starts, and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the bored. 
My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done, and this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing Thank the true you. Jesus, uncovering the divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so just, oh, that's good. That's yeah, because I like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing the true Jesus? Well, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament. And as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher, regularly if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him. Uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him uh, and you observe his behavior and his authoritative teaching and his empathy for human beings, and you see his declaration of divinity uh, and why he, uh, he he led the the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him because he was in fact claiming to be God because he is God. And so I want his divinity and his full humanity to to jump off the pages uh, in of my book. And the book is a is a compendium of the four gospels in a consolidated account, not attempting to be a harmony, which uh, you can't totally do, uh, and, and in a roughly chronological form, the ultimate goal, and with, with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget it's K-double-A-Men. That's right. That's right. All right, we got our next trivia question, okay? I'm smarting a little here, so if you hear a wince, that's what it's from. Who was Bathsheba's first husband? Ah! Who was Bathsheba's first husband? Ah! I don't know why I'm throwing that ah in there, but there must be a reason. Uh, if you call 972-445-0770, you get to talk to Captain Chris. Be sailing in the right direction. If you text 214-210-8483, you'll get it on the phone. If you send an email, david at org, then you will have the email in with the answer. The question straightforward. Not too complex, I don't think. Who was Bathsheba's first husband? We have somebody ready to answer. Wow, here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Yes, sir. It's Will Rogers. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm great. I hope you're better. Uh, I'm doing better than I was two days ago. I can promise you that. That's for <laughs> sure. Two days ago was a very painful day. <laughs> so I'm better. And I'm in the studio. So that's a good thing. That's good. All right. Do you ready for the trivia question? Yes, sir. Okay. Here we go. Who was Bathsheba's first husband? 
That would have been one of David's mighty men of valor, Uriah. That is correct, Amundo. Second Samuel chapter 11, 3, Uriah the Hittite, that's the one. He was the guy, and uh, poor poor guy, he didn't do anything wrong, was really loyal, very faithful. That's David's big, 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 bad, bad, bad sin. Uh, and in fact, they've they done a study on that whole sequence from when he first saw Bathsheba all the way till uh, he was confronted, and there may have been as many as 17 sins that he committed in that process, and it's just like, eh, it's just a mess everywhere it goes. It's just not good anywhere. That's a bad call. Wrong place, wrong time, so to speak. So how you been, brother? How you been? How are things going for you? Doing great. Uh, good. So I can relate to Uriah because I served in the Navy for 34 years. Wow. So you've been away when serving in the Navy. They put you away from home for a long time, huh? A lot. Probably wow. six years of my life underwater. Wow. That's imp- I'm very impressed with that. That's very I could never, I could barely hold my breath for 30 seconds, let alone spend six years under there. That's amazing. <laughs> Good job. I appreciate you, brother. appreciate you calling in. Yes, sir. All right. God bless you. Too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. There we go. All right, before we get to this last, what am I missing? Am I missing? I got to do this history. Is there anything else we're missing? No? Yeah? Okay. Did Not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. Oh. Mmm, aren't we sneaky? <laughs> That's from the Flintstones, by the way, for those that don't remember. All right, let's do our, let's do our history real quickly. Let's fire away. Let's go All right. Uh, I'm not real sure about this one, so I'm just going to say it, and I want you to understand why I'm saying it now. So it's bathtub day, and bathtub day is great if you can soak your leg in a bathtub. But if you had surgery on your knee, let's say, I don't know, about a week ago, you cannot soak your leg in a bathtub. You are not allowed so, so I'm feeling kind of at a loss there. Uh, National Flower Day. That's good for my wife since she's uh, the manager at Tom Thumb, the floral department. She loves flowers. If not for the flowers, she would not be there. That's a, as fair a way to say that as is possible. And then also, of course, it's bald and free day. Bald and free. I am bald by choice and free to make that choice. Thank you very much. And you spend more money on shampoo than I do. That's all I got to say on that. Uh, Okay, 1951 on this day, the third government of Israel was formed by David Ben-Gurion. 1996 on this day, some people will cheer, some people will not, but Fox News Channel was introduced in 1996. So that's 25 years ago today. NFL running back Walter Payton broke uh, Jim Brown's uh, career rushing record on this day in 1984. And then in 2003, California Governor Gray Davis was recalled from office and replaced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. Really? Okay, I'll be Mozart. You be back, I'll be Mozart. There we go. All right, you like that? (laughs) Uh, That's right, folks, I got a million of them. See, see the problem? See the problem? All right. Uh, good job on the trivia. And uh, let's get into – am I missing anything else now? No? Okay. Going to go back into the teaching. Uh, I want you to catch this one thing. It's somewhat important, I think, for people to pick up on. So we're going to run it, do the runway process, going all the way back to verse 1. Now, they spoke to the people 
As they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. All right. So from a practical point of view, the temple was closing down. It's already evening time. Uh, when it says they put him in custody, you and I would understand that is they put him in jail. That's where they went to. And uh, they did all of that because why? Because they were preaching the resurrection in Jesus Christ. In our uh, wonderful, fantastic nation— we have allowed certain elements to creep in that will move themselves against the truth of God and against the Word of God to the point where they will try to make the Word of God hate speech, and you will no longer openly be able to proclaim Jesus Christ. You think, oh, that'll never happen in this country. If 20 years ago I would have said to you that in the public square in England, you cannot talk about homosexuality or they'll throw you in jail. You'd have laughed at me. Yet, in the last five years, that's exactly what's happened. The open public square, which is open for any type of discourse or conversation, cannot entertain any biblical positions against homosexuality. It's like That's in England. You know, the pond. You know, not that far away kind of thing. And I think what people need to recognize is there will come a point where you will have to choose whose kingdom you're in and who is the king you are serving. These people were thrown in jail. We find out that they're happy about it. <laughs> in our society, in our church today, we'd be like, what lawyer could we find to sue them? I mean, that would be the first thing that people would think, right? We're going to go on, on news. We're going to go on the news and be interviewed. Why they can't get away with it. These guys were like, yay, they hate us because of Jesus. Yay. Because it just meant that they were closely connected to the Lord. I think what's important for you and I to understand is that we're, we're hopeful that there will be a trumpet before all of it gets really bad. But if the trumpet is delayed, it's a simple question. Are you prepared to stand in your faith? Yes or no? If they ask you to deny Jesus Christ in order to receive assistance— from them, what's your answer going to be? You think, well, that would never happen. It's happening. Just I'm just in case you're trying to figure it out, it is happening. As it is now, the government doesn't want to give funding to any group that doesn't support every group they think should be supported. Oh, by the way, which includes the Church of Satan. <laughs> just like, are you kidding me? It's incredible. And now it gets harder and harder to travel, see a doctor, take out a loan, finance a purchase or anything. And if you're not careful, they're going to require certain elements of your physical life to make that a mandated too. It's not a hard question. What are you going to do when they ask you to choose between benefit and banishment? That's the question that you have to answer. And you think, oh. I hope that doesn't happen in my lifetime. Well, I hope it doesn't happen in the rest of my lifetime too, but it's happening. It's not an if, it's an absolute. I mean, it's in process. So what I, I think is the wise course of action is not to make as much noise as you can make because I, I don't really believe that has any wisdom in it. I think it's to ask God 
to give you and I boldness because the righteous are as bold like a lion and we should not be ashamed or restrained from speaking the truth. And I, I got a message for you. Some people in your family will hate you for that. Some people in your friendship circle will hate you for that. Really sad to say, but also true. Some people in your church will hate you for that. Not everybody that goes to church is a Christian, so let's at least, <laughs> let's least acknowledge that. But you have to stand firm in your faith. I mean, what what, what are they what are you going to do when they if they outlaw radio shows like this and all? I mean, this this is if this is such a small, mild little show. What if they start outlawing stuff like this? You're either gonna you're either gonna bend or stand against it. You just, but you got to make that decision. These guys were tossed into jail. You must be thinking, well, no, they they had to do something really bad. Yeah, they prayed for this guy to get healed, and he got healed. And then they told people that happened because of Jesus. And then they got tossed in jail because of that. Isn't that? It's like wow. We 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 think of it in different terms. Let me let me explain to you. Every little bit that is taken away from your freedom is going somewhere. They're taking it away for a reason, and that's to make you less free, more dependent, and more in line. So you have one king if you're a Christian. His name is Jesus. You bow to one king. You acknowledge his kingship. You are a servant of the Most High God. You are a servant to no man and to no kingdom of man if you want to live forever and have fellowship with God. Period. Yes, sir. Boy, that was very not lifty-uppy, but hey, you got to know the truth. That's an important part of this. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Who is David Spoon? We have on the line Tina from Elko. And Tina, are you there? 
Yes, I am. How are you doing today? What, I am doing great. One, the, is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I listen to you every time I get into my car when I leave my job. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything that we can be praying for just to be in agreement with you regarding anything that the Lord's working on in you? Yeah, there okay. is. Okay, fire away. Um, first of all, I'd like to see my family's hearts turn. Second of all, I am not putting God first and... I'm not being obedient in certain ways. Let me sum it up a little bit. I have a boyfriend. Okay. I should answer it. So I really need prayer to get back on track with God. Okay. Let me pray with you, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we lift up Tina to you, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that uh, first and foremost you would work on her family's hearts, that uh, there'd be a softening, and that there would be a grace and a mercy given uh, to the family and uh, between the relationship that Tina has with the family, and we just pray that your mercy would prevail, and we just pray that you would encourage her. Instead of this being a discouragement, let this become an encouragement that she is a daughter of the Most High seeking out help from her Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770 The Truth Station. That's K double amen the truth station here in texas get ready for our last trivia question now these have been tougher questions i mean i i I acknowledge that but i found them on a piece of paper and decided to use those instead of getting into the book so this way i could just throw out the paper when i'm done (laughs) i probably shouldn't be that honest maybe i should take less honest pills or something (laughs) okay This is a tough one. I will tell you now the answer is in Luke 2 because you're going to need to know that. After the angels had announced the birth of Christ and left the shepherds, what did the shepherds do? Okay. Don't say they shepped. Okay. This is not what we're looking for. After I said this was tough. After the angels had announced the birth of Christ and left the shepherds, what did the shepherds do? The clue that I'm going to give you is it's in Luke Chapter 2, Luke. I know Father Luke. Okay, ready? Uh, so if you think you know the answer, what are we doing? Call 972-445-0770. If nobody answers, I will do my best to remember. <laughs> I will do my best to remind Chris to remind me to remember. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483, And then you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Is there anything else we got left? I can't think. Is there anything covered everything pretty much? I'm going to do a word. Is that okay to do a word? Is anybody calling in? Yep. Okay. I'm going to we haven't done a word in so long. Let's do a Greek word. So you got the Greek? Okay. This is a cheery one. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, this is a word I don't want any of you doing. <laughs> is that is that a nice way to say that? I think it is. It's called epithumia. It is epithumia. That is the word for lust. When 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lusts 
That's epithumia, a strong desire, intense craving for something. Three times it applies to good, but most of the time it's used as negative, such as gratifying sensual cravings, desires, forbidding, a longing for evil, coveting what belongs to somebody else, or striving for things or persons or experiences that are contrary to the will of God. Epithumia, that's the word lusts, okay? Okay, it's all right? It's all right. Okay, got that. Uh, somebody ready to answer the trivia question? Okay, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? My name is LaVon. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing better. Better and better I, each day. That's the big key. I just started listening to your program about a month ago, and I really, really enjoy it. I like the questions. I like your where you give us some thoughts to think about. And you just make our um, religion and our, our faith in God a little bit stronger each day, I think. That is And I'd is like to awesome. answer your question. Okay. Now, first of all, thank you for the compliments. That was extremely nice of you, and I'll send you $20 tomorrow. Uh, no, okay. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Kidding. I know. <laughs> all right, so here you go. The question has to do with what the um, shepherds, what did they do? The shep boys, the shep boys, I, that's a new one. I just made that up. The shepherd boys, what did they do? After they were told about Jesus Christ, what did the shepherds do? What was their what was their next move? They followed the star. They followed the star yeah. and they went where did they where was the star? Do you remember Bethlehem. what That is correct! There you go! <laughs> Yay. They went quickly to Bethlehem. They wanted to check it out. They wanted to see what was going on. I mean, they went quickly, and that's one of the big things Luke uh, 2, 15 through 16 of the King James talks about is the quickly part. And it's just like, you know, they hear their news. They're like, we got to check this out. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and for them, keep in mind, they're shepherds. You know, not a lot of happening. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Like at nighttime, right, not a lot of right. interesting things. And they're like, wait, angels, wait, they're telling, wait, let's go. You know, so it was exciting for <laughs> yes. them. So great job. Very, very good. I, thank you. I thank you so much for your program. Thank and you. thank you for letting me answer the question. And you have a good day. All right, God thanks. bless you. God bless you as well. Bye. Bye. Excellent job. Excellent, excellent, excellent job. All right. Where am I at? All right. Uh, we ready? Yeah. Okay. Anything else we got to do? You can't. <laughs> he's just looking at me. What are you doing over there? What are you? What are you? Is there, is there like something behind the curtains? <laughs> this is like you know the Wizard of Oz. Who's behind that? Okay, all right, all right. Here's something that you will absolutely love. No, I'm not big fan of Abba, so just stop that. Uh, however, remember, so we, I'm going to read it and then go to this building. Listen to how important this is. As they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed, that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them, put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, however, I love that. People don't realize in Scripture, that's the pivot point. However... Many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000, which means that there was many more than just men. The idea behind this is that Peter and John, exceedingly powerful. You understand, apostolically, hanging out with Jesus, these guys are like, yeah. They were in prison, but you know what wasn't in prison? The word of God. 
And you can't stop God from making his message known, period. And we talk about what's going on in this country. This, Dave, this could be the signs of the time. It could be the end. Could be. Could be the beginning of the end. Could be. Could be the end of the end. Could be. I mean, I don't know. It could be beginning, middle, end. I don't know. But you know what I do know for sure? Every time that every time the enemy uses world governments to try and bind up the word, revival breaks out. Every time you try and squish the people of God, they spread. Every time you try to shut the people of God up, more voices raise. It's just like, what's so amazing? They tried to kill the church and blame the church for all the stuff that took place in Rome. You know what happened when they did that in the, with, the, with the fire and everything? The gospel spread to the four corners of the earth. Like, whoops, <laughs> do it again. And so if you're thinking, well, this is really bad and it's going to get worse, yeah, except you can anticipate a sense of spiritual revival coming across the land. It might be in ways we have no idea what it, we don't know where how it would start. We don't. It's not your job. It's God's job to do that. But as well as anticipating, you know, some tough times, there could be a, a co or equal expectation of a sovereign move of God upon this country and upon this planet. Now, let me just ask you this: Wouldn't that be cool to see? Look, that's right. That's right. He's God. He's big. That's right. It's just like, it would be so awesome because it would be the hand of God at move. Even at times where we think God's given up on us or God's given up on the nation or God's given up on the state. I mean, I'm from California. I think God gave up on the state 20 years before I moved there. Not that I've been gone there for so long. Here's the bottom line. Revival comes. And it will come. And you're wondering why it's going to come. It's going to come because God will give people yet another opportunity to say yes to Jesus Christ. That's because God is cool. Right? That makes sense? Like that one? That's a good one, right? All right. Uh, I was going to read this other thing. Let's see this other thing. Oh, this is what I put. So the, the leading two apostles were bound, but not the word. Even in your own life, if you're uh, you know, in some way inhibited, the word of God, the truth of God, the proclamation of God, the kingdom of God will come forward. The biggest thing on our end is just to offer ourselves as vessels of his grace, of his mercy, and of his love. The Lord will use you to to encourage people, the Lord will probably use you to challenge people. Either one of those is fine. It's up to God on how it all breaks down. You're not saving anybody. I'm not saving anybody. Chris ain't saving anybody. Jesus saves. We're along for the ride, and you have two choices. You can enjoy the ride, or you can whine your way through the ride, I suppose. One way or another, you're on the ride, so I don't know. Why would you do that? All right, all right. Uh, we got that. We got that. Wonderful for a new caller. We think that's great. And uh, I'd like to pray over everybody in our audience because people need prayer. If there's anything else you need, good. We're going to pray. Father, we come before you right now, and we just lift up everybody who's listening to my voice right now. We collectively unite our faith. And first and foremost, saying to you, thank you. Praise you. Honor and glory to you. Hallowed be your name forever everything, Lord, 
the things that we do understand and the things that we don't understand, the things that bless us and even the things, Lord, that we are just mystified by and just don't understand what that process is, that we would have a genuine confidence, trust, and faith in your goodness. Now, Lord, where we fall short is we don't, we don't exhibit confidence in your faithfulness to us. And that's just a shame because you've always been faithful. You've always been merciful. And you've always been kind. Now, I don't think we always understood it, nor do we understand it always. But you're always there for us. And we just thank you and praise you. Pray that you'd pour your Holy Spirit upon our, on our lives, inside and out. And that our lives would be unto the glory of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We pray in his name. Amen. And amen. Okay, so we did do our comeback show. We have survived the comeback show. Yes, my leg hurts. Thank you very much. Uh, and the, what I need is people to be praying for me on the way home because that's where the stiff, that's where it's really going to hit. So I'm counting on you guys to pray me through safely to home, okay? You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. 22 and a half hour break, then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Who knows when a broken heart will mend? The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.